Hello there, I'm Justin. Welcome to today's episode of The Pickup Line. On today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about myth, and I also want to discuss a film that I recently watched that has been sitting with me heavily. Um, It should be an interesting one. You might hear some rain pitter-pattering in the background. It's a rainy day today, which is actually kind of appropriate for what we're going to be talking about. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get into it. Sayin. Sayin! I don't have to say nothing. Damn you! Let Neptune strike you dead, Winslow! Hark! Hark! Triton! Hark! Bellow! Bid our father, the Sea King, rise from the depths full, foul in his fury. Black waves teeming with salt foam to smother this young mouth with punch and slime, to choke ye, engorging your organs till ye turn blue and bloated with builds and brine and can scream no more. Only when he, crowned in cockle shells with slithering tentacle tail and steaming beard, take up his fell befinned arm, His coral-tine trident screeches banshee-like in the tempest and plunges right through your gullet, bursting ye, a bulging bladder no more, but a blasted bloody film now a nothing for the harpies and the souls of dead sailors to pick and claw and feed upon only to be lapped up and swallowed by the infinite waters of the dread emperor himself. Forgotten to any man, to any time, forgotten to any god or devil, forgotten even to the sea, for any stuff or part of Winslow, even any scantling of your soul is Winslow no more, but is now Itself the sea. All right, have it your way. I like your cooking. So I want to begin uh, today by talking about two ancient Greek mythological characters or stories. Um, So I'm looking at Britannica.com here, and the first myth that we're going to discuss is the ancient Greek myth of Proteus. Uh, Proteus, in Greek mythology, is the prophetic old man of the sea and shepherd of the sea's flocks. Um, the, uh, uh, the sea's flocks are seagulls, okay? Um, he was subject to the sea god Poseidon, who I'm sure you've all heard of at one point or another. And his dwelling place was either the island of Pharos, near the mouth of the Nile River, or the island of Carapathus between Crete and Rhodes. Proteus knew all things, past, present, and future, but disliked divulging what he knew. Those who wished to consult him had first to surprise him and bind him during his noonday slumber. Even when caught, he would try to escape by assuming all sorts of shapes, but if his captor held him fast, the god at last returned to his proper shape, gave the wished for an answer, and plunged into the sea. The captor, in Homer's version, so the Odyssey, 
was Menelaus. In Virgil's telling, it was Aristius who tried to hold Proteus. Because Proteus could assume whatever shape he pleased, he came to be regarded by some as a symbol of the original matter from which the world was created. The word protean, one meaning of which is changeable in shape or form, is derived from Proteus. In a story first known from the work of the 6th century BCE poet Stichorus, Stichorus, Proteus was portrayed as an Egyptian king, either, by, either of Memphis or of all Egypt, who kept the real Helen safe in Egypt while Zeus sent Paris on his way to Troy with a phantom Helen. So, I, I wanted to bring up this ancient Greek story about Proteus, um, this old man of the sea, this keeper of things, keeper of knowledge, this being that exists in past, present, future, um, with no distinction between those three time periods. Um, I think this is all going to be really important for the movie that we're going to be talking about in the second part of the podcast. So Proteus, keep that in the back of your mind. Um, this character who would not give up the secret knowledge of which he held so much to anyone without great deal of, uh, uh, the struggle. The next myth that I wanted to talk about today on the pickup line is the myth of Prometheus. Now, you might have heard of Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus, you know, is maybe a little more of a, a well-known uh, figure. Uh, of course, there was a film called this by Ridley Scott. It was a part of the Alien films, Prometheus. Um, and this information comes from Ancient.eu by Mark Cartwright. Um, and in Greek mythology, the titan Prometheus had a, had a reputation as being something of a clever trickster. And he famously gave the human race the gift of fire and the skill of metalwork, an action for which he was punished by Zeus, who ensured every day that an eagle ate the liver of the titan as he was helplessly chained to a rock. So... A lot of important details to keep in mind from that short description. Chained to a rock, birds eating away at the, th at the guy every day, um, stole fire, which represents so much innovation, technology, purification, inner light, light itself. Um, Prometheus, meaning forethought, was one of the ringleaders of the battle between the Titans and the Olympian gods led by Zeus to gain control of the heavens, a struggle which was said to have lasted 10 years. Prometheus did, however, switch sides and support the victorious Olympians when the Titans would not follow his advice to use trickery in the battle. According to Hesiod's Theogony, Prometheus' Prometheus's father was Iapetus, his mother was Clemene, and his brothers were fellow Titans Ep Epimetheus, uh, Menoitius, and Atlas. One of Prometheus's sons was Deucalion, an equivalent of Noah, who survived a great flood by sailing in a great chest for nine days and nights, and who, with his wife Phyra, became the founder of the human race. In some traditions, Prometheus made the first man from clay, whilst in others the gods made all creatures on earth, and Epimetheus and Prometheus were given the task of endowing them with gifts so that they might survive and prosper. Epimetheus liberally spread around such gifts as fur and wings, but by the time he got around to man, he had run out of gifts. Uh, Prometheus's crime. Feeling sorry for man's weak and naked state, Prometheus raided the workshop of Hephaest 
Hephaestus and Athena on Mount Olympus and stole fire. And by hiding it in a hollow fennel stalk, he gave the valuable gift to man, which would help him in life's struggle. The Titan was also, also taught man how to use their gift, and so the skill of metalwork began. He also came to be associated with science and culture. In a slightly different version of the story, mankind already had fire, and when Prometheus tried to trick Zeus into eating bones and fat instead of the best meat during a meal at a Mount Olympus, Zeus in anger took away fire so that man would have to eat his meat raw. Prometheus then stole the fire, as in the alternative version. This also explained why, in animal sacrifices, the Greeks always dedicated the bones and fats to the gods and ate the meat themselves. Um, I think this is also going to be an important thing to remember later on in the podcast, this idea of um, wanting to eat meat that is sort of rare, rare meat. The punishment of Prometheus. Zeus was outraged by Prometheus's theft of fire and so punished the Titan by having him taken far to the east, perhaps the Caucasus is the caucus here prometheus was changed to a rock or a pillar that's interesting a pillar and zeus sent an eagle to eat the titan's liver even worse the liver regrew every night and the eagle returned each day to perpetually torment prometheus fortunately for man's benefactor but only for many years after the hero hercules when passing one day during his celebrated labors killed the eagle with one of his arrows in Hesiod's works and days, we are told that Zeus punished man for receiving the fire by instructing Hephaestus to create the first woman, Pandora, from clay, and through her, all the negative aspects of life would befall the human race. Well, that's, that's very sexist, but okay. Um, Prometheus was worshipped in Athens, particularly by potters, who of course needed fire in their kilns, and there was an annual torch race held in the gods' honor. All right. The myth of Prometheus and his terrible punishment by Zeus was the theme of tragic poet Aeschylus' Prometheus Bound. So, Prometheus, the stealer of fire, uh, the, the, the god that tricked Zeus and brought to mankind light, fire, technology, um, evolution of skill, something new, a new piece of technology that could save us, that could give us something that we, you know... Um, couldn't quite understand. So I think, you know, this is going to be really important. Uh, so Proteus and Prometheus and all of this to lead us into the next and final part of today's episode, The Lighthouse. So I finally got around to watching a film that was kind of on my radar, but I never just, I don't know, it's one of those films that's kind of, you know, underrated in a way. Um, Roger Eggers' The Lighthouse. I'd heard about this movie just because like people were talking about how kind of wild it is, and I, I had seen it I think on some of my Twin Peaks news feeds. Um, uh, so there were some comparisons to be made between sort of like um, David Lynch stuff and this movie, and so that kind of caught my attention. Uh, so I picked it up when it was on sale a few weeks ago, and I kind of watched it in sort of a piecemeal way. I watched a little bit at a time. I didn't watch the whole thing through. Um, and Because I, I wasn't sure if I liked it. I wasn't sure if I was into it. Um, I wasn't even sure what it was really about. And then when I got to the end of it and kind of read online some of the theories and ideas and interpretations of the film, um, I'm really starting to realize how much of a masterpiece this movie is and how much I really love it. So spoilers ahead. Um, if you haven't seen the film The Lighthouse yet, uh, pause the podcast, go pick it up on the Google Play Store. I think it might still be on sale. It was only like seven bucks when I bought it. Um, it's worth watching. It's an amazing film, uh, a beautiful piece of art, and it really makes you think about a lot of cool stuff. So it's a great movie. Um, so here we go. Let's talk about The Lighthouse. 
The Lighthouse is a film that is shot in a really interesting way, first and foremost. Um, it feels like a movie that might have been made in like the 20s or 30s. Like it's very sparse. It's very, it's all black and white. Um, and, and, and Roger Eggers even goes so far as to present it in vertical letterbox. So it kind of like you might think of when you take a video on your phone uh, vertically and you've got those black bars on the left and right. Um, it's shot that way. Um, my guess is that was intentional in order to create a sense of claustrophobia uh, for the audience to kind of make things feel squeezed in, to make things feel enclosed, um, uh, because that's a big theme of this movie. The, the premise, the plot of this film is that a young man um, by the name of Ephraim Winslow arrives uh, to take over a shift at a lighthouse. Um, and the keeper of the lighthouse is a man named Tom, an old kind of seaman, uh, an old kind of sea dog, right? Like he talks in this very particular way and he uses the word ye all the time and he kind of talks like an old sailor might talk. Um, Ephraim Winslow is played by Robert Pattinson and Tom, the old man, is played by Willem Dafoe, who is an absolute tour de force in this film. Um, unbelievable. Uh, I, I would not be surprised at all if this man gets nominated for an Oscar. Maybe he did, maybe, I, I, don't, I don't know the timings, but if he didn't, I'm shocked, and he, he should be because he, he encapsulates this character in such a way that is, that is staggeringly uh, like authentic. Um, I was, I'm shocked by this guy's performance in this movie. Anyway, so uh, Ephraim Winslow arrives to, to work at this lighthouse for a little while. For, I think it's about a four-week stint. Um, and, you know, he kind of immediately kind of starts... You can kind of see the tensions right away between these two men. Um, the old guy is kind of like, I am the keeper of the lighthouse. I tell you what to do. You're just going to follow my orders, and that's all there is to it. And you'll never... I, I keep the light. You never get to go up there and... And so he sets Ephraim off to do all these menial tasks that are kind of horrible, like lugging rocks around and cleaning the cistern and doing all this crazy stuff. And, and right away, things start to get a little uh, manic. Um, you know, Winslow, the young man, starts to kind of like get cooped up, get some cabin fever, starts to see some really weird stuff. Um, he starts to imagine strange things. He starts to be kind of uh, annoyed by the seagulls that are floating around. And, and, and all of that culminates in a moment when he murders a seagull. Um, and previously to that, the old man Tom had said, you know, never ever murder a, a seagull. They are, that's a bad omen that will, that will bring horrible misfortune upon us. And, and so he murders the seagull. The young guy murders the seagull. And things start to just kind of descend into, into madness very quickly. Like, um, especially after the four weeks is over and the boat doesn't arrive. Um, the relief boat doesn't arrive to take Ephraim off of the island to have him go back to the mainland. And he just starts to, he starts to kind of lose his mind a little bit. And, and the movie kind of descends into this state of madness. And, and by the end of it, um, it just really, it really gets crazy with uh, them having this kind of climactic battle. They fight one another. They curse one another. Um, and Ephraim eventually murders the old man and makes his way up to the top of the lighthouse and that's when things really start to get nuts um, the last five minutes of this film is crazy um, Ephraim finally makes his way up to the lighthouse and the light itself opens up and reveals itself to him and he just sort of screams um, the most horrible terrified scream anyone's ever imagined uh, as his body is kind of uh, um, photo negatived out of existence in a way. Um, it's a very uh, chilling scene. And then he kind of falls down the stairs of the lighthouse, um, which is a spiral staircase uh, descending 
down, 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 fade out. And then next we see him, he's this young self. He's, he's younger and he's naked and he's on a beach and he's being eaten alive by seagulls. Um, not sure how he got there or what's going on, but that's the last chilling shot of the film. Uh, it's a great movie. The, the writing in this film is incredible. The clip you heard earlier in the podcast was the, the most amazing uh, curse anyone's ever delivered to someone else in the history of cinema, in my opinion. Willem Dafoe uh, cursing the young, uh, the young man there because he um, d- didn't like his cooking. Uh, it, that's a great scene. Anyway, this film, um, you have to understand the myth of Proteus and Prometheus to understand what this film is actually about. I think, and those two mythological stories are pretty much, you know, this is a this is a kind of a retelling and a remix of those two stories. Um, this story of, of Proteus, the old man, the keeper of the wisdom, uh, the old man in the, in the Lighthouse film kind of represents this character, someone who doesn't want to give away the knowledge that he has or the secret that he's guarding. Um, and the only way to get to that secret is to, is, as the myth said, is to bind him up and hold him until he decide until he divulges the secret to you and we literally see this happen towards the end of the film um the young man ephraim um ties up the old man and and drags him outside uh, and treats him uh, pretends he's like he's a dog and buries him in a ditch alive um so yeah that's that's fascinating um so we have the old man the the, the sea god the, the old sea sailor guy right with his with his peg leg and his surly attitude and then we have the young man uh the trickster perhaps the prometheus and and the reason that perhaps he represents prometheus is because what we come to find out through the film is that ephraim is not who he says he is he actually murdered the real ephraim winslow and his name is actually tom so he actually has the same name as the old man and we're going to get into that in a second but like i think that he represents prometheus someone who um, is trying to steal the fire steal the light right someone who wants the light trying to take it from the god um to do something else with it perhaps lots of symbol symbolism there um so yeah and this idea that you know i think there's a lot going on in this movie about time uh we heard from the myth that proteus uh, is the keeper of knowledge and exists both in past present and future um and i think that this this film very directly hints at the idea that perhaps what we're seeing here is this is the same man uh there's two men in this movie but maybe it's the same it's the same guy there is a brief moment at the very end when they're fighting in the, on the floor in the lighthouse and we, the young guy Ephraim sort of sees a young version of Tom or perhaps a young version of himself I wasn't quite sure um, for a moment uh, and so maybe these two men are the same man and it's this perpetual uh, cycle of punishment of cruelty of whatever um, that keeps repeating itself over and over again on this on this rock that they are chained to. Um, so it's not a direct retelling of the Promethean and, and Proteus story, but it certainly is a mix-up and a, and, a rem- and a remix of these two stories, I think, combined. And it's a brilliant film. Um, it haunted me. I, I'm thinking about it a lot. I want to watch it again. Like I said, I kind of watched it in piecemeal way. Like I didn't watch it all through and really pay. I watched some of it on my computer when I was doing something else, and I watched some of it. You know, so like I want to go back and watch it again and really pay attention to it. It's one of those movies that like there's a lot of details that you might miss if you're not paying attention. It's full of symbolism, uh, and it's full of just some of the most amazing writing and acting that I've seen in a while. Um, so. I guess this episode was my plug for The Lighthouse. Go watch it. Go check it out. Um, and if you're into Greek mythology or you have any thoughts or reactions to this film, please let me know. Send me a message. I'd love to chat with you about Roger Eggers' The Lighthouse.
Thanks so much for tuning in today to The Pickup Line. I will see you tomorrow. Life's out of